Hey guys, it's Morgan here. I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. What's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally, and I want to welcome you to Young Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm joined by my husband and my co-host, like always, Josiah Keneally. How are you, Josiah? You know, Micah, I'm doing great. <clears throat> and we're just days away from baby K coming. There's so many fun things happening in our life right now. And each morning, I've just decided to get up and say, today is the day the Lord's made. I'm going to rejoice. It's going to be a great day. And um, I'm excited to be here. And we're in for a real treat today. We are. So we're kicking off. Um, we're in season three already, which is phenomenal. So we have a lot of listeners across the U.S., even some from out of country, um, across the seas, and who knows where this could go. So we are which, so excited. Thanks for listening, by the way. Thanks for tuning in. If it's Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Android, however you're listening, we just want to give you a shout out. Thanks for being a part of this and building this with us. Yes, absolutely. And we also want to um, say thank you to our special guest that I'm going to let you introduce because I know that you have been super excited about this, like you always are. But if you could see his face and his smile and his little cheeks right now, you would understand how excited he is. So Josiah, who is our special guest today? Well, on Young Adults Today, we are joined by Jason Powell this afternoon. And Jason is a pastor at Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. Specifically, he is the pastor of evangelism and now also leads the online campus with Pastor Greg Laurie. From the moment of his conversion, Jason has been passionate about sharing, defending, and teaching other Christians how to effectively communicate the gospel. So as you can see, he's going to be a great fit with our, our show and our conversation today. And this passion of his has led Jason to become the founder of two evangelism training websites. One is called, I believe it's pronounced right, Hangelism.com. The other, <laughs> the other is EvangelismTips.com. So Jason, welcome to the show from California. Hey, thank you both for having me. I am excited to be with you today. And I thought, man, in light of just your story, your expertise with evangelism, and then a lot of people are scrambling with online ministry, and you guys at least don't appear to be. Um, I'm sure things are constantly changing, but you've been doing online ministry really well for crazy. quite some time. Yeah. So. Well, that's awesome. Hey, I'm privileged to be with you today. I am, I am thankful, you know, and even kind of like addressing your, your little comment right there. I, uh, you know, you're, you're right. Like that's kind of what's been happening lately with online church. You know, we don't have it down pat. I'll give you that because honestly, you know, for about 30 years, we've been streaming um, just like everybody else, just a, a basic stream of a message. Yeah. But in September, I was like, I'm going to try with an online church. And so we, we slowly ventured that way and, you know, we use some basic tools, but we started with only like 5,000 people this past September. Yep. And that was for all three services combined, 5,000 people. And I was like, that's awesome. This is amazing. I'm praising God for 5,000. And then it grew to 10,000. And I was like, man, this is incredible. And still not much attention at the church was given to the online campus. I wasn't getting any help. Nobody was like, hey, you know, great job. So they asked me my year-end goal, and I'm like, maybe 25,000 people. That would be great. And COVID-19 hits, 
And I felt like, you know, Joseph in a prison forgotten. And then all of a sudden these plagues come about and, you know, I was in this place where I felt forgotten, but COVID-19 comes in and now I'm, I feel like Joseph next to stinking Pharaoh. My job is second at the church. You know, I'm over every pastor, 30 pastors on staff. I'm over every staff member. There's about 400 of us and every volunteer, you know, like it's all wrapped around this. And so we went from 10,000 a week to this past Sunday, I had 1 million. Um, and Whoa. yeah, it blew my mind. Like, absolutely. We're not using, you know, I'm a big fan of being authentic and real and honest with numbers. Yeah. And so what's, you know, crazy is when I ventured into this realm of online community, I, I realized how fake people have been with numbers. And it's actually quite disturbing to me. Um, they use multipliers. Like you name the church, they, they use multipliers for their numbers. They will, they always, always, um, it's like a marketing scheme in my opinion. I hate it but they will take the number and they will say, Hey, there's probably more than one person viewing the stream. And so we're going to multiply that number, whatever number it is times 2.8. Oh my gosh. Huh. And that's a, you name the church they're doing it. Wow. And so first thing I said, when we came into the marketing department said, I'm not going to do it. They're like, no, this is industry. I'm like, well, this isn't Christian. Wow. And, and so we're not going to do that. And so it's been a blessing to be involved in the marketing department. You know, it's a big church. And so there's a, there's a marketing department and a communications department and a web team and an IT team. There's probably 50 people amongst them all. And, uh, you know, so there's a lot there, but just authentic, looking at real numbers, looking at how long people are on the screen. Um, you know, we can, we can say there was a million people with an eight minute average, uh, you know, that viewed us. And, and it's been a blessing to see that grow, but also a burden to see that, that number um, ministered to effectively. So I've got a lot on my plate. You know, today I was on a call with Greg and he's like, all right, Jason, now, now we need to, you know, really reach these people in a new way. We've got them. So now how do we hold them? How do we build them up in the faith? And so this is kind of a new adventure, to be honest with you. You know, this is not something that we, we've been like life church has been doing it 14 years. Uh, we've, I've not been doing it 14 weeks. <laughs> wow. So, well, yeah. I'm so thrilled that we, we got you on the phone and on this podcast. And so, Jason, would you be willing to share um, your story with our audience and with us this morning? Yeah, okay. It's a pretty crazy story. I mean, it's, it's like most. I mean, to be honest, I'm, I'm out here in California, the land of the fruit and nuts, all right? That's what they say. And it's, <laughs> it's every bit of true, okay? So I was not necessarily... I was not raised in the Bible Belt. I wasn't raised in a Christian home, per se. My parents didn't really go to church, not even on Christmas and Easter. Only really when, like, when things got bad in the house, it was like, hey, let's go find God. And so we would go find the weird churches and my, my view of God, my, my thoughts of God were often um, a, a mess. And so I became a quick agnostic. My, my, my belief in God was that I, I think he's there, but I don't really need him at the moment. And I have questions about the Bible and I can't see God. Why should I believe in him in the Bible? I mean, who wrote that thing? What's it really all about? And so uh, you know, those were my, my thoughts. Those were my questions. And, uh, you know, then along the way, I, you know, was invited to come to church. And so 
I was working out in a gym and my buddy, his name is Chris, he, you know, and said, hey, you should come to church with me. And I said, no, nah, I'm not going to church. He's like, no, seriously, you should come to church. And that's when I was like, well, you know, are there cute girls there? And, <laughs> and so he said, yeah, yeah, there's actually lots of cute girls. I said, I'm in, I will go to church. And so I joined him on a Wednesday night. And so I went to uh, this church. And as I got there, I was like, wow, look at this. this is pretty awesome. There's a lot of people in there. It was packed. And, you know, there was smoke and lights. And I, I honestly, I don't remember anything from the first time, but I do remember seeing this one girl up on stage and she was singing and she was so stinking cute. I was like, Hey, hey I'm gonna work my game, you know? And so she was up singing, she was on stage and uh, the guy that brought me, I asked him, I'm like, hey, who's that girl? And he's like, oh, no, 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 that, not that girl. That's the pastor's daughter. I'm like, okay, all right. And so I introduced myself afterward, and she's totally not interested in me. She wants nothing to do with me whatsoever. Uh, but I get invited back a second time. And honestly, I came back because of that cute girl. And that second time, I, I heard the gospel for the very first time. And it was like arrow questions got answered. It's not like I heard, you know, a defense for the Bible or God's existence or meaning to life, but I heard the gospel message in, in simplicity that God loved me, sent his son to die for me, and I could be satisfied on the inside, and instantly I wanted it. So I go forward, I walk forward, I pray a prayer, and you know, in in the whole course of all of this, you know, I'm I'm starting med school. My my direction in life is I want to become a doctor. And immediately, in a moment, um, as I'm in the back room getting follow-up telling me how to read my Bible and pray and go to church. Uh, immediately, I, I sense a calling on my life. And I go home and I tell my parents, I don't want to be a doctor anymore. They're like, what? I'm like, I want to be a pastor. They're like, are you kidding me? I'm like, I'm serious. And so I, I became your average college dropout, right? I, I dropped out. And I went to the church. I married the church. I was there every single day. And, uh, you know, it, it led to a job. It, it led to an internship. It led to a pastorate. And, and so here I am today. And then on the backside of that, I actually married the girl. The you girl did. that I saw on stage. Yes, I'm yes. married. No. No, I'm telling you right now, God does above and beyond that you could ask or think. And so he, he hooked me up with that hot chick on stage. And so she's my my awesome bride and I'm so blessed to have her in a tag team and ministry together. So that, that's my quick story, honestly. And uh, I, I immediately started sharing my faith, you know, the next day, the very next day was the very first person I led to Christ. And so I gave my life to Christ on a Wednesday night, Thursday morning. I led a guy named Herman to the Lord. What I tell him, I just said, Hey, look, last night I did this. And if you believe in Jesus. And so I don't know if I articulated everything rightly, but I felt like I knew everybody. And so that's, it's kind of been a passion that sustained now for, for about 16 years in my life. Uh, it's, it's like, I can still taste it. It's like, I can still feel it. And, and I, and I want to share it as much as possible. Okay. First of all, Jason, all of the single men, I don't know if you heard them echo through the, the <laughs> reverbs of the, the audio right now, all the single men are rejoicing. They're just giving glory to God. They're saying, praise God. He's going to hook me up. And You know uh, what? That's right. <laughs> he gave you a second chance to get in the church doors to see the good looking girl. He gave you a second chance at life. Jason, you're two for two. So, <laughs> Hey, but I want to tell you something. Okay? This is not a podcast about dating, but I want to tell you this. Look, I had a, a horrid past, man. I was not a Christian, so I had messed everything up. 
But then there came a point in my life, right when my conversion, I realized, you know, like soon after, God, I have nothing to offer my future bride. And so I actually vowed not to kiss another girl until my wedding day. And so um, my wife and I, you know, so we didn't actually start dating until three years later after my conversion. Um, and our very first kiss was on our wedding day, you know, and so uh, we, we stayed pure. We honored the Lord in it. And so for the young single guys out there, even the single gals, listen, I, I'm uncomfortable of this. You know, what you fish with is what you'll often catch. Right. And so I think you should, if you're, if you're fishing with, with rotten bait and you're, you're out, you know, in the wrong places, you're going to catch the wrong type of individual. You'll, you'll catch the, the low life. You'll catch the bottom feeder um, if you're fishing with the wrong thing. But if you're in the church and you're a godly woman, you're a godly guy, you know, and you're honoring the Lord with your integrity and your purity, I'm confident, I'm confident that, that he's, he's got that one for you. And so, um, so yeah, that's my thoughts on it. I love it. Jason, you're echoing my heart because I wrote a journal called Worth the Wait, and it's exactly what you just said, like bringing forth the awareness that we need God at the center of our personal life, of our dating life, of our engagement, of our marriage, everything like that is number one. So that's exciting to hear. So be encouraged, single people listening. It can happen and it will if you trust God's timing. <laughs> For sure. Right. And <clears throat> I look at that second part of your story, Jason, is so cool. Um, while you were talking, I just thought of Luke 7, how Jesus says to Peter, and he's teaching, he's like, hey, two people owed this guy money. One owed 500, one owed 50. Mm -hmm. And neither of them had to pay the debts because they were both paid off. Which of them will love him more? Mm -hmm. And then Peter goes like, well, I guess the one who had been forgiven more. And I just, I love that, that sometimes the people who are most fired up about Jesus are the people who just met him. Right. And you've created something called angelism and you mm. gave a hint that you're really passionate about sharing your faith. And it started the very first day you began following Jesus. So can you talk about your passion for evangelism and this tool called angelism? Will you talk about that? Yeah, let me, uh, well-known truth about evangelism. There's a lot of people that talk about it, and there's very few that actually do it. Mm. People would rather preach on evangelism than actually go out and, and share their faith. You know, it has been even said that 95% of Christians have never led another person to faith in Christ. Uh, people aren't sharing their faith. They're, they're not doing it. And so because it was almost like instinctive in me, it kind of bothered me. Like, why, why aren't people talking about Jesus? You know, like if I just want to, you know, the lottery or if, you know, like we naturally share good things, right? an amazing meal, I, I will call my, change your life. And I tell people about like a cup of coffee. I, I talk about, you know, different sharing good news. And so Christ is the greatest thing that has ever happened to me. And so it's the first thing on my lips. It's what I love that we could ever share. Like, you know, you sh your life should be a good Yelp review, you know, where you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And so you're like, look, I'm telling you right now, like my life's a good Yelp review, five stars, baby, like Jesus, Jesus will change your life. And, and so because of that, you know, I started asking, why aren't you sharing your faith? How can I help you do it more effectively? And, and so my, my website, angelism.com, which sounds funny. Um, and it's, it's, evangelism using your hand basically so no tracks no resourcing it's just evangelism made simple you know a lot of people can't put a finger on it you know this is a, a pointing the right direction using you know these these puns for for your hand um look at if you just simply 
look at your hand, you know, it's mapped out with five points, you know, starting through index finger, you know, each initial for the finger stands for what you do to start a conversation from the beginning to an end. So I for index fingers, you invite people out. I invite people to church. That's what I always do, you know, and then after I'm done inviting them to church, I ask them M for middle finger, not, you don't give them the middle finger, but you ask them. <laughs> Good clarification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. M for middle finger is uh, you ask them a main question, which I think the two biggest questions that I ask people are one, if you were to die today, or what do you think is meaning to life? And so it doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter how they respond, whether they believe in God, Satan, or nothing. Uh, you are for ring finger, you have them rethink what they believe. So you ask them the what and the why. So why do you believe that? What do you think that means? Um, and you will often get down to what people assume to be true about life. Um, and then, you know, eventually you're going to get down to a spot where they say, I don't know. You know, so after you have them rethink you, P for pinky, you, have, you preach the gospel. You know, you give them um, that God created, uh, man sinned, but Christ saves. So you, you describe that. And then T for thumb, you know, you, it's their response. You say, hey, do you believe what I'm telling you is true? Is there anything holding you back from getting right with God right now? Um, and so you give them an opportunity to respond to it. And so really it's just evangelism made simple. And uh, it's a tool that I've, I've used really for youth ministries, you know, because I, I think you best place, honestly, uh, to, to get them motivated and, and equipped and ready to share their faith. And so this is really a student ministry tool uh, that I've used across the board. This is incredible. I, I love, like we're sitting here pointing our fingers. We can't see you right now, but I have my fingers out while I'm taking notes. And I'm like, this is so, this is so simple and it's so applicable. And I love the very last one when it's their response, because one thing that I tell anybody that I mentor and I sit down with a girl, I'll, I'll say, listen, I'm so glad that you were wanting to share your story with me. I'm so glad you're willing to get a cup of coffee and just like, you know, share life or hear my story, or I want to hear yours. And one thing that I always say is like, I'm not God and I'm not the Holy Spirit, but I do believe in a God. And I do believe that we can hear and function with the Holy Spirit and be led by him. So as we mentor, you know, so I'm not put on a pedestal. And so their salvation is not, you know, riding on what I tell them or how I tell them. It's more or less, Hey, it's their response. It's their you know, willingness to evaluate the question that you said, do you believe what I'm saying or do you believe the word of God? So I think it's super applicable to reaching young adults and, and teaching young adults how to do that. But Jason, we work and we see uh, many of our listeners are actually young leaders. And why would you say there is um, often a slump that believers in Jesus fall into not sharing their faith? Um, so it's not across the board in answer. What I think for you know, like I'm, I'm your classic millennial. Um, and so I think it's, you know, we live in a very lethargic, um, like it's, it's, it's getting better, but I, I, I don't see a, a life gripping, like over type of passion. Rather, I see lethargy, I see apathy. Um, and so I think that's a major reason for, for that generation, uh, for, other generations, you know, the older generation, like the boomers, I, I think they scare themselves out of it. Uh, they often make excuses for it, you know, so the millennials are like, ah, I don't feel like it. 
But the older one's like, I don't know. I mean, what if I say the wrong thing? And what if I get asked a question I don't know the answer to? And, I, and then they've got a bunch of excuses. And so I tell those older individuals, look, if you get asked a question you don't know the answer to, just lie to them. I'm just kidding. Don't lie to them. But <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea, but I'll tell you what I do know. And you, know, and you share with them what you do know. But I think for the younger, younger group, um, I'm going to question that you don't really believe it. That's it. Uh, if you genuinely believed what Jesus was telling you, I think you would do it. And I think the, the heart reason why people do not share their faith is I would question that they don't actually believe it to be the good news that, and they don't really believe that people will die and go to hell. They don't really believe um, that this, this needs to be communicated. And so it's one, you don't believe it Two, you're too apathetic uh, and really you don't care, just genuinely just don't care. Um, and so, but God is able to break through all of that. He is. Um, but I would say those are the common reasons that I have found in training every age demographic and how to share their faith. Wow. You know, and I think that the world that we live in, especially, especially like this month, like if we're going to talk April, 2020, at the time of this recording, like I just realized that so many college ministry leaders, young adult pastors are helping out now as online pastors, kind of like yourself. And they're, every church is kind of scrambling to get something up and running for weekend services, maybe for midweek, maybe for the young adult ministry or college ministries. Like, how can we reach students when they're not in their dorms and stuff? And <clears throat> our president of the United States tweeted something that was so cool about, I don't know, 10 days ago. He's like, I'm going to go to Palm Sunday service online and I'm going to attend Harvest Christian Fellowship and you should too. Mm -hmm. And so I just thought that was so cool. When I saw our president tweet that, I was like, hey, that's not a political thing. That's a Jesus thing. And mm -hmm. if he's going to watch, we're going to watch. And, mm -hmm. um, and then during that message, Jason, your pastor, Greg Laurie, he's, I think he said he's 67, 66, and he, like he said that in 45 years of preaching the gospel, he had never seen people who were more open than right now. Like for the mm -hmm. first time in history, churches just days ago celebrated Easter digitally. So can we just ask you, echoing evangelism and going into online ministry, what are you learning during this time about ministry that's done online? Okay, well, first it was stinking rad that the president did that you know when we were just as shocked I, I saw the tweet and I'm like what like that's my church like no way this is legit and so I shot the text over to Greg you know Pastor Greg and I'm like look look at this and and so it was just a moment of like are you serious man Lord thank you for your favor yeah um, but when we back up and we think about just church in general and I think about the Christian in in times like this you know, it's not new, actually, that Christians would leverage technology for the sake of the gospel. Every single time we've seen a major technological advancement, whether it started with the printing press, and then it went to the radio, and then it went to TV, and now the internet. Do you know that revival has always followed, every single time, it's always followed technological advancement? You know, it followed it after the printing press, it followed it after the radio, it followed it after TV. And now I think the next one is gonna be social media, in my opinion. It's wow. going to be this, this wave in which we, we are able to communicate across the globe like never before. But this is what I, I wanna say. The church has always, always 
figured out a way, MacGyvered a way to communicate the gospel um, when, when everything is trying to shut them down. Uh, I think back to real quick, uh, there's a guy named Richard Wormbrandt. He was uh, captured underneath uh, Stalin's regime and he was uh, held hostage captive uh, in a prison cell and he's a pastor. And all of a sudden he's like, you know what? I want to preach the gospel. And so he didn't have anything. He's isolated in a cell. He's got other prisoners next to him in cells, all individual, uh, but he had a tin cup in his hand. And so what he did is he picked up his tin cup and he started to tap Morse code on the walls of his prison cell. And in Morse code, he was tapping, God loves you, you know, get right with Jesus Christ. And other prisoners were taking their cup and they were tapping it back. I prayed, I Jesus. And so I, I read stories like that and I go, look, he leveraged a form of technology, wow. Morse code, wow. for the sake of the gospel. And I think today it's no different. I think the church is leaning in saying, look, we're going to preach. We're going to share. We're going to speak up, lean in, advance the kingdom of God like never before. And guess what? We're going to use church online. And so I just want to applaud every church, every young person out there that has leveraged what God has given to you, this technology for the advancement of the kingdom. And I want to even push back a little bit. You're going to be held accountable for what you've been able to do with this technology, by the way. You know, I, I, I honestly think you will stand before God. And he'll say, look, I gave you 10 talents of a microphone. Uh, what, what did you do with it? You know, no matter how big your following may be from a hundred to 300,000, you know, I think each and every person you'll be held accountable for. And so what we're trying to do is just be, be wise stewards with, with what we've got in front of us. And that's an online church at the moment. That is awesome. The visual that I get from that story, Jason, is the gentleman obviously in his cell with his tin can, but I see it now in current day, everybody in their individual home typing on their keyboards or on their phones. And we have the opportunity to go beyond the cell walls, you know, mm -hmm. truly to anything and everyone around the entire globe. So what a fun That's thing awesome. to think about and a, th a fun way to be, to be challenged. And I think for Josiah and my, our biggest prayer is coming out of, COVID or whatever you want to call this, we are talking about, we do not want to come out of COVID and have nothing to show for it. You mm -hmm. know, so we are really praying that leaders and that churches are able to leverage social media to further God's kingdom and, and glorify his name in that process. And, and my thought is like, John Piper wrote this game changing book called don't waste your life. And I think mm -hmm. that not wasting our life starts with today. Mm -hmm. So not wasting our day. And today happens to be in quarantine or shelter in place. So if I don't want to waste my life, I don't want to waste my quarantine. Right, right. And we don't know how long that, you know, how long this is going to last or how much we can get back to normal church services, quote unquote. And so my question for you is, Jason, how can churches, pastors, young adult leaders adapt and adjust to include an online platform into their model and into their method of ministry without, you know, comparing or trying to cookie cut what somebody else is doing in that process to know the true heart of their church in that process of using social media? That's a really great question. Honestly, great question. And it, I think it strikes the heart of what we're after is, you know, the heart the motive, I think, will always be uh, what matters most here. And so if the heart is, man, I want to reach people. I want to um, help them see their great need for Jesus. 
you know, what we're currently using is a free platform at the church. And so it is just, it's called the church online player. Um, and with the church online player, it's, it's a free resource put out, you know, by a live church with Craig Rochelle. And it's a, it's a tool that not only allows you to stream, but it allows you to do ministry. It allows you to effectively communicate and, and disciple and pray, have one-on-one -on -one dialogue um, with, with people that are watching your feed and your stream. Uh, but I would say what's important right now is for every church, every ministry uh, to, to not just lean on technology, though. You know, the church has always been rooted in relationship. And so our, our motive needs to be this. How can I effectively minister and help effectively build relationships with people and help connect them to the greatest relationship of all? And so what this means is that we would use technology to give them the message, but that we would, we would reach out to them, that we would uh, call them on the phone. You know, just recently this past week, I literally went through my entire contact list. And so I had 2,000 contacts on my phone, and I literally went through my entire contact list. And I shot individual text messages, little prayers, little Bible verses for almost every single person that I have. There were some that I missed out on, but what blew my mind was that a majority of them actually responded to me and they thanked me. And a lot of those people that don't know the Lord that I, I'm like, oh, I don't even know who this, okay, who's, I have 17 Michaels, like who in the heck is this, you know? And so I'd send, you know, all of these different Michaels uh, and it would be like a Michael from my, my high school and Wow. It, it, I, I think, I think, I think this, we, we just need to be creative yes. and almost MacGyverish, uh, putting together, you know, these strategic plans just to use what we have in front of us to effectively minister and build relationships with people, whether that's through Facebook live, YouTube live, or a church platform, or just building relationships with people over the phone, old classic, I'm going to call you. Mm. It's all, all effective, all important. And, um, and I think that's how we'll come out better, you know, realizing, look, we're, we're going to build relationships. We're going to advance the kingdom of God like never before in this time. Well, Jason, what you just said about MacGyver, <clears throat> first of all, any, any show like that that's action-based, I, I love because MacGyver was pretty scrappy. And then I think about our Savior, Jesus. He was actually pretty scrappy when you think about it. Like some of his teaching, it was just raw, real. It really related with the common person and he's like picking up dirt spitting in it and touching a guy's eyes and, and he's healed like like that's kind of scrappy and I think that for us to use these these um, church online tools and to just both um, corporately engage strategy but also personally I love that you gave the example of calling like we have a friend and they're on staff at a larger church and they just told us that through their church staff they called like 24,000 people during Easter week, like the week leading up to Easter, they personally called as a church staff about that many people, which is crazy to think about. Wow. <laughs> and then on the flip side too, like there are people, everyone needs a pastor. Brent Silkey, who was my youth pastor, he always told me that everybody needs a pastor. And so I look at my cell phone contact list. There's people from the gym or high school or college or our neighbor or wherever. And like, so how am I being a pastor and shining a light online, but also that personal touch of mm. relationship. So I, I love that. And Jason, if, if you're up for this, how we usually kind of wrap up the episodes is we do final thoughts and we do five questions that are rapid fire and you get a timer of five minutes with the countdown. 
You up for that? Let's do it. I'm doing it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. He's warming up. All right. Kick us off. Josiah. So question number one out of five. This should be pretty easy because you can pick any three words, but if you could describe yourself, Jason Powell, in three words, what would they be? Oh, man. Okay. Uh, passionate, evangelist, and um, I'll just say MacGyver. Okay, I'll say MacGyver. Ooh, there you go. I love it. <laughs> All right. Question number two. Would you be willing to share a recent or favorite story of salvation, transformation, or life change that you've seen witnessed or been a part of so far? Yeah, two days ago. So when I shot out, you know, as I mentioned, all of those contacts to my cell phone contact list, um, I also included a link for some of the ones that I knew were really far from God. And so I shot a link to this guy named Dean. Uh, he lived in Pennsylvania. And so I'm here in California. I said, hey, you should watch the service right now. Uh, he actually took the link. He followed the link. He watched the entire service, which I was, you know, the online pastor for. And uh, he texted me at the very end and said, Jason, thank you so much for sending me this link. I just prayed with Pastor Greg Laurie. I gave my life to Christ. And this is exactly what I was looking for, like longing for. And, and so he, it, it, it's thinking awesome, you know, like through a Great text message. God. This guy gave his life to Christ. It doesn't get any better than that. It, it, that never gets old. Never gets old. Never, and so, never. Jason, if you could ask Micah and I one question today, what would it be? Now, what have you found to be um, the, the greatest thing that's propelled you uh, to share your faith with, you know, friends, family, neighbors, strangers, you know, your Starbucks barista, like what, what's, what's been the thing that's pushed you, uh, propelled you to share your faith? Oh my gosh, I can go first. Um, I think for me is my own personal story, you know, born and raised in a Christian home, 18, got into an ungodly relationship that I didn't pray about, didn't think about, dated for six in a half years, you know, kind of like your story didn't make the wisest choices and decisions. And I came to a crossroads where God goes, this sin equals your death, Micah, and it's your choice. Are you going to follow me? Or are you going to fall into the ways of the world? And I chose God in that moment because my question was, God, how did I get here? He answered me, prompted my heart and my spirit, and I could still hear the voice of God, even when I was intentionally running away from him. And after I came out on the other side of saying yes, he's like, I want you to share your story and be the mentor to young women that you never had. So either you can use your story to do one of two things. One, further my kingdom and leverage the story that you've written for yourself, but I've redeemed. Or two, you can allow the enemy to hold you captive and you will no longer further my kingdom. And that was my pivotal moment of recognizing every story matters, no matter where we've come from. And I just get to be that person that gets to speak into those girls' lives now. That's calling them out in love, calling them up in truth, and just sharing my story or aspects of my story when I feel led. And to see their lives completely changed, getting out of relationships, moving out of boyfriends' homes, have physical boundaries now. So I would say for me, what's propelled me is God lifting me out of the mud, you know, that I chose to mm. dig dig myself in. So I think that is just one of the biggest honors is to say yes and amen to the redemption side of what God offers. So that's been mine so far. <laughs> about you, Josiah? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, mine goes back to the moment I met Jesus. I was five years old. Billy Graham was 75. And he, it was 1996, came to the, the Metrodome in Minneapolis, Minnesota. 
And think about it, 75-year-old preaching to a five-year-old and somehow the five-year-old catches the heart of the gospel, understands and comprehends that God has a plan for your life and it involves coming forward and following Jesus. And, and then to hear a stat, one, one time I was 16 years old, heard a stat from the stage at our church that I grew up in and the pastor said that 60% of the students in youth group walk away um, from their faith and from church and from Jesus by the time they're 20. And, and then at the same time in youth group that week, we wrote down the names, they were building a new youth building. And so we wrote down in cement on concrete that had just been laid with chalk. We wrote down the names of people that we wanted to see come to know Jesus in that room, in that youth auditorium. And, and I saw every single one of those students, my friends, my coworkers, people on the, in the gym, all of them, my boss for crying out loud, they gave their life to Jesus in that very room. And so for me, I was like praying, like I did pray, but then I saw it wasn't me. It was God who right. had my friends invite themselves to church because they knew where I was going. And so I realized like in that moment, Jason, God was real. Like he saved the friend that I was praying for. And I was like, that never gets old to me. I want to see more people right. reach with the gospel. That's great. That is rad. I love it. Love it. All right, Jason, we're on question number four, and we love to learn from our, our people tuning in, love to hear this, and we love to ask this. So would you be willing to tell us one of your epic failures that you've experienced maybe in life, in leadership, or ministry that we as a listener could learn from? Yeah. So one of my responsibilities has been to go in and take over, you know, 15 years on staff at Harvest and come in and revive breathe life into uh, youth ministries. And so I've done it three times over at different campuses. And I'd say one of the hardest things that I had to learn was that you can't change people. You know, it, it's important that you, you hire and that you raise up the right individuals. And I would say, this is it. Look for character over charisma. Mm -hmm. You know, one of my, my failures was that I went after you know, just someone that was just very charismatic. And I went after someone that was, that was captivating. And I thought this was youth ministry, what it's all about. And in the end, his character was his downfall. You know, uh, one things I, I often, you know, really just live by is that, you know, the, the height of your popularity um, is really determined by the depth of your integrity. And so if, if the depth of your integrity isn't right, then the, your, your popularity, you know, it, it will topple over. And so my big failure was that I, I have raised up the wrong individuals at times because I, I looked for charisma instead of character. That's a great answer. I think any leader could potentially be guilty of that into, yeah. Yeah. That's good. And, and that leaves us with a challenge, like, because we can't always control our charisma, but we can focus mm -hmm. on our character. Like, Jesus does change our character, and character is also influenced by daily decisions and disciplines. So let me ask you this to close, Jason. If you could leave a group, if, if there was a room that was filled with college pastors and young adult ministry leaders, you were handed a microphone, what, was, what would be the one thing that you would leave them with? Yes, love this question. It's, it's a simple answer for me. There is, as a leader, okay, you are, are going to be held responsible for what you do with the people that you're, you are leading. But I would say this, in all of my years of youth ministry, there's nothing that I have found, nothing that I have found to be more effective 
in getting young people on fire for Jesus, to take ground, to live with risk, to uh, be bold. I've seen nothing more effective to accomplish that end than teaching them how, how to effectively communicate the gospel. So if you as a leader are not sharing your faith, you can't expect them to do it. But if you want to see revival break out in your youth ministry or in, in your young adults, show them how to effectively communicate the gospel. Not just take a course, but go out on the street and actually do it. Show them how to do it. And this is how I've seen explosive growth in my youth ministries every single time from, from you know, single digits to, to triple digits, you know, in just a matter of months, because I've shown people how to effectively communicate the gospel, show them how to share the gospel, talk about it, let it consume you. Um, you know, you can take them to camp, you can have a worship experience, you can do all these type of hype type things, but there's one thing that will sustain and it's the blood. When you show them what Christ has done and this is why we're gonna do it and you take them out there and you, you, you give them, give them the, the, the help on how to do it. Man, I've, I'm telling you, that will blow up your ministry. I love it. I'm getting fired up over here. I, I want to go share my faith today. And <clears throat> what, what it's just echoing so clearly through my heart and spirit, Jason, as you say that, is the gospel is not just for ministers. The gospel is for everyone. Like, and the, the carrying the gospel message isn't just for missionaries, pastors, leaders. We're all responsible with the Great Commission. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So Jason, we just want to say thank you so much for a phenomenal conversation today. We're glad that you could join us from California to Minnesota to wherever people are listening at their dorm room, their car, their workout, their run, um, their bike ride. And as listeners, we will update the show notes so that you can find out more about Jason Powell, Harvest Christian Fellowship, and his resources like evangelism.com and evangelismtips.com. We'll update those in the show notes when you connect with us on our website is www.youngadults.today as well as across all social media platforms. It's just at youngadults.today. So until next time, this is Josiah Keneally here with Micah and Jason Powell. Thanks so much, you guys. God bless. Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast.